Let's pray together. Loving God, as we gather here today as your church, we thank you for all the many blessings we have in our life. We thank you that you have compassion for us. And we struggle, dear Lord, sometimes to have compassion for ourselves and for others. Forgive us, we pray, and help us to focus on trusting that we can commit to the love that you have given us in Christ, that your compassion in our hearts may lead to joy. Amen. Good to see you. I thank everyone for your kind words at the celebration of my birthday last week, getting younger, and for the nice birthday cake. And I'm sorry that I was running out the door so quickly after the service, because I'm still adjusting step-by-step to being the pastor of two churches. And I really appreciate your help in this transition. I'm now committed to pastoring two churches who need to be one in ministry to God's world. And that's a joy, and it's a privilege, but it's, it's also a challenge. A challenge that I'm, I'm glad to take on, to be honest, because it reflects my calling from God to ordain ministries. God called me to be a circuit rider. So when I was told about what my new assignment would be, there was a, a part of me that said to myself, of course, this is your commitment to God. How could it not be this way? What we commit to freely becomes who we are. Last week, we looked at how our freedom to choose what we do is the only real thing in our lives. Freedom is God's greatest gift to us because without freedom, there's no love. And if we don't choose to love people freely as God loves us freely, then we really don't love them, do we? And to love someone freely is not always easy, amen? People make mistakes. People hurt us sometimes through their mistakes. And we need to forgive people for their mistakes again and again and again. And that's hard, isn't it? To commit to that kind of love freely can be the hardest thing of all. Our Gethsemane window right back there in our church shows us Jesus, Son of God, praying to God the Father for the strength to commit to giving God's love to the world through his death on a cross. God came to us as Jesus freely and died for us as Jesus freely so that we could be offered new life in God's love. And God offers us this freedom to make the same kind of commitment that Jesus did to receive the joy of God's love. Yes, that's right. God loving us freely is just the beginning of finding God's joy. It's the example of commitment to love that God looks for in us. And that commitment can be scary at times to consider, right? It means moving from talking about love or thinking about love or expecting love to pop up magically to making a commitment to loving as God loves us the very definition of who we are and how we are. God loves us so that we can commit to loving God and everyone like God. 
In Luke's gospel today, we read about a man who was trying to wiggle his way out of this kind of commitment to God. He was a smart guy. Apparently, he was comfortable in his life because he was well-versed in legal matters. And this legal expert asked Jesus about the commitment God required from us to have eternal life. Jesus tells this legal expert the simple commitment we need for eternal life. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Simple. Commit to loving like God does and you will have eternal life. Now and later. Simple. Not easy though, right? Because it doesn't leave any wiggle room. No ifs, ands, or buts. So it's no surprise that this legal expert immediately looked for a loophole, like lawyers do, and said to Jesus, and who's my neighbor? Come on, Jesus. Don't stretch me out here. Give me something that makes finding God's joy easier. And so Jesus answers him with a simple but powerful story. A man is robbed and beaten on a major road to Jerusalem and left for dead on the road. And his religious leaders walk right past him on either side, afraid that that man's impurity may affect how people look at them. And they want to look like they're loved by God, but they're not really committed to loving God and others, are they? They're committed to the look of loving God, but not to being accountable for loving like God. Jesus offers us two unlikely heroes in this story. The first hero we call the Good Samaritan, at least most people do. And he's a person who is considered unclean, unreligious, the least worthy of being called loved by God. But this person had two things that that legal expert and the religious leaders didn't have. First, he had a heart. He saw his unity with that dying person on the road. But for the grace of God, that person could be him. This Samaritan had what Jesus called compassion. The Samaritan was connected in the heart, the way that God is connected to us in the heart. And the Samaritan couldn't let go of that connection. But that wasn't all that this man had. He didn't just have compassion for the dying person. Jesus tells us he went to him. He held himself accountable for his compassion. Because without that action, he really wasn't who he was. He had to commit to helping that person to be accountable for who he was. The way that God came to us is Jesus, to be accountable for who God was. And that brings us to the second hero of this parable of Jesus, or at least a possible hero. The Samaritan goes to a roadside inn and takes care of the injured man. And then the Samaritan pays the innkeeper in advance to take care of the man and and promises to pay him in full when he returns. Jesus, 
Jesus doesn't tell us, though, what the innkeeper actually does for that man, does he? Maybe Jesus did that because the innkeeper is like us. We're the ones who Jesus asks to commit to accountable compassion, like Jesus did on the cross. People who do this are promised God's joy in full, a promise that God's going to keep no matter what. Amen? And I hope and pray that we commit to such a way of life as God's church together. Two weeks ago, I started inserting into your bulletin that letter thing <laughs> with a checklist on the back that what, of what we can do to be effective at being a joyful church in Christ. And that checklist isn't easy, I know. Just like the Samaritan's choice wasn't easy. And everyone, including myself, is going to fail to do something on that che- checklist each and every day. And that's okay. The question is, are we committed in our hearts to bringing God's joy effectively into God's world? Do we commit to supporting worship? Do we commit to having a personal faith life? Do we commit to sharing faith with others? Do we commit to activities that unite our church? Do we commit to being in ministry to others no matter what our limitations? Do we commit to new relationships that are going to help us to be who God's meant us to be? Do we commit to the guidance of the church on important decisions for our lives? Do we commit to moving outside the box of our comfort zone to find God's joy? Do we commit to being gentle in how we judge ourselves and others? Do we commit to trying new ways to serve God? And we'll have time in the weeks ahead to reflect on this list. And I encourage you to reflect on it whenever and wherever you can. Not as punishment, but as an opportunity. For today, just remember that this is a list that brings us to the joy of God. Commitment to God's love, a commitment that we make freely, brings us to God's joy and brings God's joy to the world. And we need commitments like this to move forward effectively as God's church. We can go through the motions. We can do the same old things. We can avoid challenging long-held assumptions and roles. We can justify ourselves like that legal expert did. We can do all sorts of things if we want to. But if we want joy in this church and in God's world through this church, then this is what we need to do and who we need to be. You may have noticed that we're just singing one hymn today called The Battle Hymn of the Republic. It was written in 1864 at the height of our Civil War by Julia Ward Howe. She supported the abolition of slavery, and she just visited Union troops on the battle lines and in hospitals who were fighting for a truly free nation. And she saw the price of commitment from those troops and those people helping them, and, it felt, and she felt it deeply in her heart 
she was moved with compassion. And that night, the verses of that hymn came to her in a dream. And she woke up. And she wrote the verses down and then went back to sleep. God had given her a vision that united our nation in a commitment to accountable compassion, no matter what. It brought President Abraham Lincoln to tears the first time that he heard it. The price of commitment to doing God's will for our nation was enormous. And new generations continue to pray that, pay that price freely around the world, hoping to find and to bring God's joy for God's people. There's no other way to find God's joy on earth. Commit to the way of Jesus in your hearts and find everlasting joy in your own life and in God's world now and forever. I believe through Jesus Christ it is our destiny here as God's church to do that. And I pray, like Julia Ward Howe, we too will have a vision as God's church that will lead us forward in an effective commitment to God's everlasting joy. Amen. Our hymn of response is Battle Hymn of the Republic. Amen. You may be seated because it's time for prayers of the people. Let me get our extra there. Why is it that, is it age-related that I start getting hiccups? Well, I must be turning into a baby then. Um, Please pray for Jackie Cook, who had a total knee replacement on July 9th. Uh, She's home and recuperating. Let's pray for her strong recovery. Uh, Prayers for David Ives, for successful shoulder surgery. Uh, The replacement is on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, July 16th. And we pray that David gets relief from his pain and that the operation is successful. Yes? What's her name? So it's the sister of Gates? Gates, sister of Anne. Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of the people. We pray for Gates and her steadfast recovery. A prayer that says, Love of Karen. Love, from Ka- love of Karen, a family. So somebody wants love from Karen. And somebody wants a family. When people are honest about their prayers, it's amazing what pops up. Let's pray together. Loving God, you have heard the prayers of the people, both what we have spoken and what we speak upon our hearts right now and what we speak to you throughout the week. Hear our prayers, dear Lord. We know that you do hear them, but be attentive to them in the way that our hearts implore you. 
If we need to hear yes, dear Lord, may it be yes. If we need to hear no, dear Lord, may we hear no. If we need to hear, please wait. May we be patient. If we need to hear, the time has come. Grant us strength. In all our prayers, dear Lord, help us to have faith in your love and your compassion. For we know that you do hear us every single moment of our lives. We know that you do care for us. And we thank you for the example of Jesus Christ, your presence on earth, to give us that assurance. In your Holy Spirit, help us to march forward as your people in Christ, committed to your love. As we say the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. From thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for your love that brought you here today. No matter where your hearts are, you brought them to the Lord. And as an expression of that love, we now present our tithes and offerings that the church that brought you here today may be magnified and glorified in the grace of God's love. glorious worship and we thank you for coming here through this holy conferencing our church is on a good course and we're going to grow together through our commitment to christ let's say together our charge to keep our god is marching on committed to calling all of us to salvation our church is marching on committed to god's liberating mission let's free ourselves for a commitment to god's mission of joy We're on a mission of joy, friends, and we're going to make it happen. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine God's face upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord 
lift up God's countenance upon you and 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 you 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 and grant us peace now and forever and may the people loved so joyfully by God say amen